Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the ATO Show. Matt Ignall here, joined by my pals Lucky Pipe and Sam Sheehan. You might remember us from Celtics Roundtable on the CLNS Media Network, or perhaps Celtics Daily Podcast. Well, for better or worse, we are independent again. Um, so, if you're new to this show, we like to mix in more serious analysis with NBA and Celtics insiders and analysts, uh, giving their takes along with our free discussion and mostly dumb jokes. Um, uh, absolutely uh, incorrect. This is only a serious podcast. Turn it off right now if you don't only want um, serious analysis. If you're if you're a longtime listener, the main changes you can expect are longer shows that are more self-contained. Uh, we'll probably have planned bits and games opening most shows. Uh, some free discussion, typically like an interview with someone who knows more than us. Uh, mm-hmm. Shows will be about once a week, dropping on Wednesday for start. Maybe if enthusiasm is high, we'll we'll start a Patreon for a, a second show. Um, there's going to be no ads. What was fun doing some of the transitions? We will no longer subject our listeners to product placement. Actually, um, actually, um, but sorry, Matt, I don't mean to cut you off, but um, we actually, I do have a read for today. Um, t- today's show, I actually went out independently of freelance. I got us a sponsor. Um, today's show is actually yeah. brought to you by uh, Teft. So that's a T H F T no E. Um, Teft is actually um, it's a uh, uh, financial aggregation app. What you do is you actually tie your debit account to a Teft app. And what they do is they uh, invest your money for you. Um, it's perfect. It works great. Um, and uh, you know there not is there's not a pyramid scheme. Um, you're hearing about it on a basketball podcast. Um, there's no reason a basketball podcast would ever, you know, sort of deal in any sort of snake oil sort of apps that are not in your best interest. So definitely embrace this weird financial app that we are, are telling you to invest in here on this basketball podcast. All right. Thanks, Taz, Dan. Yeah, so uh, yeah. <laughs> no ads. Uh, instead, you're going to be uh, subjected to uh, Save Sheehan, which... Uh, as you can tell, it's a torture far Ooh. worse. Uh, also, I would like to point out that we're not going to uh, steal podcast valor. And we're not going to roll out the ATO P- Patriots podcast. And we're not going to make the ATO Bruins podcast. This is just the ATO show. And that's, yeah. that's all right. you're going to expect. That's right. Mm-hmm. We have the freedom to talk about uh, whatever the hell we want here. And we mm-hmm. will definitely exercise that. Um Assuming they haven't abandoned us, we should have some of our regular guests that you've come to expect. Uh, Jared Weiss, Coles Wicker, Jack Michael, Ryan Hebert, Hebert of Riffs. Um, but, but we are actually most excited. Bill Simmons? <laughs> Sorry, did I, did I spell the job? Okay, well, well, we'll get to that later. Season three. Get ready. We, we are most excited about our new producer here, uh, who many of you will recognize from Celtics Twitter, uh, Efren Ramos, who is gift going god. to... The gift god. Exactly. He's going to help us ex- ascend to a higher plane, help us uh, be cool like Kyrie. Uh, we'll also have our own YouTube channel for our video content. Search for the ATO show. Uh, it's going to be important for our more visual gags. Uh, our Twitter handle is now uh, at ATO Podcast. Follow us there. Uh, we've been telling you to follow us on Twitter. If you didn't listen and now you think we've disappeared um it's your own fault <laughs> the gang is all here that includes uh the three of us here along with my brother jonathan uh our professional evan valenti the outspoken zaire the poker star jonathan levy is there anyone i'm forgetting manakuma and i am your headmaster 
But the Kyrie stuff is something to watch. The Celtics, they it's close with two minutes left. Kyrie takes a pull-up three and misses it. It's tied with 40 seconds left. Tie game, 40 seconds left. Kyrie gets the ball. Dribble, dribble, dribble right in front of the Celtics bench. You know what Brad Stevens does? Timeout. Calls time. The, the ball's in your best player, theoretically, hands. He knows the time. He knows the score. He knows the situation. This is where Kyrie became Kyrie. Yes. It was on the exact spot of the court that he hit the shot over Steph to win the finals. Dribble, dribble, dribble. You know what Brad Stevens says? No, no, no. Timeout. Drew up a play for Marcus Morris. No, that's wrong. Who wants I can't even. I, I can't even. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't well, even lost. do the kayfabe. The play was Marcus Smart yeah, driving. Just... He kicked it to Horford, and then Horford had Tatum on the right and Morris on the left, and he kicked it to the hot Morris who who drilled the three. And uh, Nick Wright is upset about this. Listen, listen. Here we go. Uh... Brad Stevens is is afraid. Afraid of letting Kyrie do Kyrie's game. Can you see this? Mm-hmm. It's, no, I, I think I it's mean, he's like, literally never been right. Literally never been right once in his life. Oh my God. That was so bad. Did he? Hold on. Hold on. Really, real quick. Did he say he? I think I heard him say that there's 40 seconds left. Like it was like the last possession. That's like yeah. seven possessions two in, for in one. an end of game situation. Yeah, think, <laughs> like, like, yeah I'm going like, to shout out. Shout out Bernadoni, Ryan, because yeah. he was the one, he was like the first one after that that was like going around in the Twitterverse. He was just yeah. like, actually, he wanted to call a timeout for a two for one, and it had yeah. nothing to do with this play call that you're talking about. He was just like, I don't want Kyrie to dribble up the clock, and not like we need to get something going. And right. It's easier to do that with a fucking clipboard and a timeout to work with. Hence the name after timeout podcast ato podcast on the twitterverse follow that smash that like kick it to matt go, well, go. well done tying it all together all right well let's give let's give nick Wright a, a chance to give his rebuttal here dribble 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 now morris can the three was the biggest shot of the night he was hot yeah he was hot they got a two for one out of it they end up winning but that is jarring Dribble, dribble, dribble. Like, the whole reason you wanted to get Kyrie was for those moments. You had the ball in his hand, hit one-on-one ISO. Dribble, dribble, dribble. The best coach in basketball this side of Greg Popovich saw that moment coming and said, I want to talk it over. That's something to watch for boys. Stupid fool! Uh, thank God for Nekomaru. Yeah. He he listed off like three exact reasons why you do that thing, and then was like, "Yeah, but it's jarring." <laughs> like, okay, he was the hot hand, and yes, they got a two for one, and yes, they won the game, and uh, yes, the world was saved. Uh, Tony did successfully seal up the portal in New York, but uh, that is why you bring Thor in. Those are Thor shots. Uh, it's funny listening or like watching the Red Sox Twitter page just blow up everybody like freaking out over game one. It's like we have a winning record right now. Like and mm-hmm. a, a person that is good at basketball is in a slump. So let's just right. say the world is world is falling. I just I, I guess like my, my big 
like this this one is just particularly noxious to me because it's like it's clearly like disingenuous you know what i'm saying like this one isn't even like a mistake that you're making you're like clearly like just ignoring context to kind of prove your own larger narrative that you like had for a long time like you can't in good faith say all right yes they won the game and yes all of these things went right but it's still concerning it's it's not. It's not. They won a game against a good team on the road. Oh, oh God, Matt, why did you do this to me? God damn. Oh my God, that take was so much worse than I thought well, it was. Hold on. Let's let's get um let's get the oh, people no. you know who are into analytics. Uh, some, oh, some of the oh more respected God. people. Yeah, in, in, no, the numbers the numbers will save us. I, yes, I yes. This that. this next take is going to be much more educated here. All right, ready? It's it's less it's less of an act like you know Nick Wright he 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 puts on his mask he's like I'm just gonna be the guy that hates Kyrie like like you know we see Matt Moore on Twitterverse like doing that thing like you know actually Kyrie just doesn't do well because he doesn't play the defense and it's like oh I'm gonna be that guy like at least yeah. the numbers man is here to help us out and say you know this is about objectivity this is about right. you know no, real you, life you guys have you guys have talked me off the edge you're right um this is numbers we're talking about it's cold it's hard fact uh this is definitely not going to be something that makes me mad um you know let, let's hear it matt i'm ready to hear some, some smart some, some smart takes yeah somebody asked if i still see jason tatum as a comp as a potential complimentary star and the answer is yes because he's not a dominant defender and anyone right now who thinks that he is is mistaken the naked 3D body scanner. What's the use of this? Well, it can tell you what your body fat is. But I don't trust him to be the linchpin of a successful offense or to be the linchpin of a successful defense. A scale rotates you around in a matter of about 20 seconds and scanners embedded in the mirror in front of you take a 3D image of your entire body. And so generally for me, if somebody is neither of those two things, they're a complimentary star. I'll cut your words. Now, I think that the big mistake that's being made here is that, like, it, Jason Tatum's age, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Even if any all that stuff is true, there is a development aspect to this that is going to be um, a lot worse. Well, or, he's you know talking what I'm saying? about the future. Mm. This is the context. Okay, well, that's, that's worse. <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> if he's a horrible defensive player, like horrible, he's probably, like, you know, mellow. Like, mellow is a not a good defensive player he was just kind of got he kind of got in the way and he did some things but he was a tremendous offensive player everything i've seen from tatum as at least a tremendous offensive player i would never say a mellow at his peak was a complimentary player he was the player on the team regardless mm -hmm. of how well they did like in denver he was the player and so i don't know where this complimentary thing is coming from like at this mm -hmm. point, he might be creating friction between Kyrie because they're both looking to play the role as like the guy who takes the ball when nothing else works. So, yeah. Well, let, let's get let's Taylor a, a, a chance to explain his his strange uh, logic here. All right, ready? You can still be an all-star. You can still be a Hall of Fame player without hitting that. But if you're not that guy, it's just something different. It doesn't have to be a lot worse. I Quip, it's basically the size of a normal toothbrush. It's just got a little AAA battery in it, but that lasts actually for three months. The vibrating bristles just get your teeth cleaner. They stimulate your gums more. I would say DeMarco Rosen is a complimentary star, and going to no can ignore that. All right, I, 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 I feel like there's like something deeper going on here. 
uh, with uh, Nate Duncan and Daniel Lurie when it when it comes to Jason Tatum. It 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 seems like they're just kind of going out of their way uh, to describe him as this complimentary player. I, I I think we need to dig deeper here and uh, and see where this might be coming from. The, the My biggest issue with Tatum, and this was true going into the draft, where I thought of him as a more skilled Aaron Gordon, his place on a good team is a little bit nebulous. He's more of a support guy on both sides. He is a good offensive player who can hit open shots. I don't think that he's going to create a ton of great looks for himself, like with the ball in his hands. And then defensively, he's a cog in the machine. That, to me, is an entirely different thing than what Dennis Smith can be, what Markel Fultz can be. And that's why I moved him out of around where you had him and moved him to the equivalent of 11. Infinity Unlimited Flame! So, uh, so that was uh, talking about the, the top 10 uh, young prospects in the NBA uh, last year. And uh, Jason Tatum did not make the cut. So... To me, this is kind of bending over backwards to justify uh, earlier uh, bad scouting, and it just doesn't seem like it's corrected itself and he's doubled I, down. Here's my, my my problem with the because I don't I don't I still don't think this is like totally like I don't think it's like totally egregious to sort of say this stuff like in the like uh, to to sort of say that if you were saying this about a twenty eight year old player. Or a twenty-seven-year-old player, like I get it. You know what I'm saying, like, um, but there's just like some weird stuff in there, like saying that he can't create a good shot for himself. Nobody creates like good shots for themselves. Literally, no one in the NBA. Literally, no one in the NBA creates good shots for themselves. You you create a, you make help defense come. Like that's how the NBA is played. Like you like like that if you were doing something or you you know you shoot a shot that you can hit like a a long two or you get by someone to put like a a shot on the board and we've literally seen jason tatum do oh god yeah that's that was where i really got lost was it's like that's he's already done that he's doing that against nba defenses we saw him do that in the playoffs i mean given the Cavs are not a typical playoff caliber defense but like he was doing that in the playoffs against like the sixers sixers were a great defense right Uh, last year i think they were like fourth or something it's, it's just that, a bad take. Right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's it's just not right. Well, this is this this kind of goes back to I think what's the, the the larger point of critiquing the Celtics, where the Celtics are a team that is clearly is does not look like a lot of the other like championship caliber teams, where most championship caliber teams have like a top five, at least top ten player on the squad. Um, the Celtics probably do not, depending on how you feel about you know Kyrie Irving, you know it's or so. We look at all of these players and we see, like, people look at this team and say, oh, that this team isn't going to be able to do it in the playoffs. But then the team, without two of its best players, almost did it in the playoffs against LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So I do like that. I like, I love that duality of take where it's like, you know, all of our players are complimentary, talentless, or outright overrated, shitty players, but also they're so talented. That our coaches, you know, it's like, what do they even do? What do they do? You, you guys know what time it is. Punishment time. All I do is this. Cook like I don't hoop no more. Cook like All I do is this. Cook like My boy right here. I don't hoop no other boy right there. 
Well, congratulations on making it this far. Uh, we're, we're very proud of you, but uh, I'm now joined by my brother Jonathan, Zaire, and Efren. This is the ATO show, second part of this show. We're coming to you now after the Celtics took down the Pistons, and it was a pretty ugly win and a little nerve-wracking uh, late in the fourth. But uh, as we usually do, we're going to uh, pass things over to Zaire on this, on this special Halloween edition of the ATO show. Um, so everyone gather around the campfire. Uh, we're going to hear a story about spooky Marcus Morris, who, uh, Zaire, you've been championing him for a very long time. Go off. What What about Marcus Morris do you love? He's shooting like a gazillion percent. Um, maybe, maybe let's start there, but uh, go off on Marcus Morris. I just want to tell all you people out there, especially you podcasters out there, I hear you. And constantly on every show all around the nation. Oh, I'm so nervous about Marcus Morris and how he's going to act if he's not getting the minutes that he wants. He's, he's just a, you know what? Let me tell you this, man. First of all, a lot of guys don't understand. See, I'm from the, I'm from Generation X, you know what I'm saying? We was in your face. We didn't care. You know what I'm saying? We are who we are. Marcus Morris is sort of like that kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? He, I know he was born in, what, 89 or something, but... He seemed like a dude that was born in like 79, you know what I'm saying? Or 69, man, because this dude don't care. He's Rasheed Wallace reincarnated, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to say this. Everybody's talking all this stuff about, oh, he's taking good shots and he's doing it. No, Marcus Morris is playing like Marcus Morris plays. It's just the shots are falling in. And when the shots fall in, you can't complain. If those shots weren't falling in, then people would be saying, oh, yeah, we knew he was going to be an issue. So bottom line is, man, Marcus Morris has been a better basketball player since he's become a Celtic. And it makes sense that he's making more shots because he has more weapons around him. So in the previous big three era, when you had Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and, and you had those, those talents out there, guys like Baby Davis could come in and make shots. You know, all sorts of people were making shots. You see what I'm saying? The shots are easier to make. So once again, Marcus Morris was really good in his role last year. And a lot of people kind of slight him last year. But without him, they don't get as far as they got, just like with Jalen, just like with Jason Tatum. But this year, even more so because Gordon Hayward isn't ready. He isn't the Gordon Hayward that we want and that we paid for. And Kyrie Irving is feeling his way into his new idea of what he is as a player. You know what I'm saying? But Marcus Morris knows who he is and he knows his job. <clears throat> Excuse me, throat getting a little uh, crazy there. But he knows his job. So I want to say this to all you podcasters out there. Shut up. You don't know. You got to watch this dude and let him do him. And yeah, next game against Milwaukee, I don't know. Because he's been suspect against Milwaukee. I don't know what he's going to do. That's just not his squad. And so if he if he balls out next game, oh, even greater. Even greater. But in general, man, this guy is the kind of guy you want on your team. He ain't afraid of nothing. He's going to go out there and get them rebounds. He's going to go out there and, I mean, think about it. We got a rebounder. We didn't have a rebounder before, you know what I'm saying? Not in the front court. We Our best rebounders used to be our guards. This dude is pulling down nine, ten, and eight, nine rebounds a game. This is great. Marcus Morris is the story of the year thus far with the Boston Celtics. He has been the most consistent, and he is the reason why this team was winning in the first half, and he is the reason why this team is in a good position right now because some of these other guys that we love so much are sleeping at the wheel. Thank you. Welcome back, Zaire. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bring the energy for this first show. Feeling good, man. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I love how he like sets an illegal screen basically every time down the floor. He got called for a couple, but there were like 10 he didn't get called for. It just helps will the team to victory. Um, and he's hitting like every shot. I mean, he's on fire. I, I love what he's doing out there. Brad Stevens trusts him. He has him on there in the final minute. Uh, he's been great. Jonathan, what stands out to you about Mark Torres? I mean, we better just enjoy this while it lasts. Um, there's highs and lows with Marcus Morris. It's not pretty all the time. Right now, it's beautiful. I, I mean, it, it, it's great what he's doing, but I don't know if this is sustainable. I don't know. Or I know it's not sustainable, and I don't know if you want Marcus Morris in the game the last couple minutes when you look around and see the other dudes on this team. Marcus Morris, as good as he is, he is a lone wolf out there. Marcus Morris will pull every single time he touches it unless – I don't know. Kyrie yells at him not to. It's great now. Uh, I just, you can't, I can't trust Marcus Morris as much as I die on Marcus. It sounds very familiar. Remember two years ago, we had people going, I don't know if that little short guy can sustain those 29, 30 points per game. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Look, this dude's a professional. Eddie's in a contract year. This dude want to get paid. This is his last, like he's going to be 30. And hey, once you Brad, turn 30... Brad ain't designing the offense, running the <laughs> offense through Marcus Morris. No! No, no one said that. What I'm saying is the guy's going to play his role. You know what I'm saying? And, he, and his role is to come off the bench, make big shots, and when needed, be a starter that can make big shots. I mean, you, I didn't say Marcus Morris was an all-star. I'm saying that Marcus Morris is the guy with some balls that's going to come out and play ball. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, he's going to have some off nights, but... Last year, like, once again, he had more on nights than he had off nights, in my opinion, from what I saw. Because he was the best um, reserve that the Celtics, the best scoring reserve that the Celtics had had in, like, over a decade. Efren, what's the conclusion here? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's seven games in. He has career highs in points, rebounds, but career low in assists. So, like, what what are we exactly seeing here? Is this a... uh, a hot start or a new Marcus Morris? I don't know. It's too early to tell. But if, if he wants to keep being the most efficient player on the team, I'm okay with it. But I just can't believe that he is going to end up being the leader in efficient field goal percentage on this team. I, I don't know. It's just I, I'm loving it while it's going on, but I don't expect it to last. I think he's going to end up averaging probably career high in points this year because, I mean, it's only 13, you know, 14 points. But if we can get this out of Marcus Morris, uh, I don't think that the Celtics need any help off the bench as far as scoring from I'm here just, on out. I'm just not sure why Jason Tatum had to travel to L.A. this summer and work with Kobe when he could have just <laughs> stayed in the backyard and worked with Mook all summer. Let me say, I, I, don't, I don't want Marcus Morris to be the leader in efficient uh, uh, shooting. You know, I don't want him. I want some of the other guys that we, that's getting paid the big bucks to be that. You know what I'm saying? Marcus Morris, once again, he should not be that. But he is right now, and I don't expect him to be that at the end of the year. But once again, it's not saying too much or asking too much to, to be expecting him to average 14 a game throughout the season. That's not asking a lot. I mean, it's asking a lot from a traditional Celtics reserve, but this guy isn't a traditional Celtic reserve. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy that likes to take shots, and he can make them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world that he can continue doing his job and and what he did last year this isn't far off i don't want marcus morris to average a lot of an of assist 
I don't. Like, it's other guys that can average a lot don't, of this. Don't Mark worry is about smart. it, yeah, I know. Like, I want him to do what he does, you know what I'm saying, and get those shots. Some of those shots that, that my man Marcus Smart used to take, let Marcus Morris take those shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm good. Like, the dude is good, and, and, and he's not doing – I mean, he's making a, a higher percentage, of course, but he's not doing anything that he's incapable of. He's not. It's not like he came out scoring 35, 45. No, nah, dude's averaging 14 points a game, playing within the offense, doing very well. And I can I can I can see him doing that and having some nights where he might score twenty five, but that's just extra gravy on the biscuits right there. Yeah, he no longer has to do those you know three, four, five dribbles and then you know the the, the long two with the ball movement the Celtics have. He can he can stick to right. what he's best at, and that's shooting that three ball uh, where he's been on fire. Um, and he's the coolest guy on the team. So there's that <laughs> team MVP so far. <laughs> Bless that. All right, let's uh, let's let's keep things moving here. Uh, Jonathan, you wanted to talk about like the the Celtics pecking order. So now that we've established Marcus Morris as, as first on the on the Celtics pecking order, uh, how, how do you think uh, things uh, turn out over over the course of the season? I mean, was it any doubt that Kyrie would come out and have a huge game tonight? Uh, listening to Nick Wright speak about uh, just every awful media personality really just trashing Kyrie and saying uh, he's no longer good. He's no longer the leader of this team, this and that. Um, it's not a coincidence. It also came, uh, came at the same time when he buzzed off his hair. But uh, I mean, it's obviously Kyrie's team. I, I think it still is Kyrie's team followed by Tatum. Marcus Morris for now is number one, but I suspect him to drop to number two at some point this season. Um, I'm just the guy I'm really worried about is Jalen Brown. Um, even when he has the good games, you see just four shots, not, re- not really picking his spot, something we've seen in the past him struggle with. But um, just I feel like he's having a hard time really finding his identity on this team. And uh, I just he's my biggest question mark, I think, with this roster. He's not the only one, I think. Rozier, Rozier, too. Yeah, sure. Um yeah, and, and 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 Gordon Hayward obviously um, has struggled thus far, but yeah, yeah, no, I I could see that you were wondering like you know Horford's always going to fit into whatever offense he's playing. Kyrie Irving is going to have the ball in his hands. Tatum's too good, too skilled offensively. Uh, Hayward's an All Star. He's going to get his touches. Uh, Jalen Brown's forced things at sometimes, but uh, you know I I still think that ultimately once the ball really gets hopping and when this team really develops some offensive chemistry, that he's going to. Uh, fit into his his role nicely, but he he is overqualified to be like a fifth option on offense. Um, so you know what we'll, we'll see. It's going to take a while for the Celtics' egalitarian principles to uh, really take hold. Um, hopefully by playoff time it comes because uh, you know I mean this is this is a season where the Celtics are championship contenders. I, I think um, it, it's going to take a while to put things together. And they're not playing at that level now, but the point is to be playing like that. Um, in April, I, this is this is our first podcast of the season, so may, maybe it's uh, good to uh, talk a little bit about uh, these expectations for the Celtics. I mean, Zaire, you called it last year that the Celtics were going to the finals. They they came extremely close despite missing uh, Gordon Hayward and uh, Kyrie <coughs> Irving. When you when you look to this upcoming year, I mean, what, what's your prediction? The people want to know. Huh. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm usually the one that goes against the trend. But the trend is the Celtics in the finals. And I believe if you get there, you can win it. Um, you know, so 
I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be bold enough as hard as it is to win an NBA championship. That's like really hard to do. Um, I would say, yeah, Celtics uh, NBA champs this year. We're gonna go we're gonna go with that. Um, and uh, you know I can be a fanboy, but it's a logical choice in my opinion because they have the ability to just hurt you even when they're not shooting good. <clears throat> like I honestly I think the thing that helps the Celtics is the best is this: the league is trending towards more scoring and the Celtics aren't. So they are that unique team that's elite, but they don't care about scoring 150 points or 120 points or 115 points. They just care about winning. And that's the makeup of this basketball team. So I think it's going to help them because they're going to force you to play a brand of basketball that you don't want to play. Once again, I, I always harken back to those 80s Pistons teams because they were just so different than all of the teams that were around them. They, they didn't care about scoring a bunch of points. They cared about being efficient, scoring the points they needed to score, but stopping you from doing what you like to do. And so I think that's what, what's going to be great about this team. Um, one thing you guys also to go back, you talked about Kyrie um, and even Jalen. I'm not worried about Jalen so much right now, even though I'm not, I've, I've never been the biggest Jalen fan, but I see what he's worth. Um, I think that he doesn't have to be a big scorer this year. I, I don't think he has to be. I think he, he, he can do what he does. He can stop people. He can, he can be difficult to, to defend in moments. Um, same thing with Rozier. Rozier isn't really playing bad. I mean, think about it. This dude only has like three turnovers. He's doing the same thing he was doing in the playoffs right now. The dude's played a lot of minutes, got three turnovers. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> and, and then going back to Kyrie, it's going to be cool because in, in NBA history, you can only think about maybe – three other point guards that have led an NBA team to championships. And that's um, what Oscar Robertson, but he had Kareem. And then you got Isaiah Thomas. Um, and then you have Steph Curry. So you're asking Kyrie Irving to do something that only really three other point guards have done in NBA history. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can pull it off. But I really think that it can be pulled off um, going, going, kind of skipping ahead to the scary things. I'm just afraid of injuries and bad shooting. Like that's the only thing that that I'm fearing uh, for this basketball team. I, I I'm not talk too a little worried bit about more the bad shooting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I'm just not too worried about the bad shooting. I feel like it'll be. I mean, we've had some just awful shooting performances from some of these guys. I think Jalen's going to get better, and Tatum's going to get better when it comes down to it. So. I think the shooting will improve. Like, it's crazy right now. It's not too good. The offense doesn't look too good. But there's just too much of a foundation there for the shooting to be subpar as the year goes on. It's just, it's, it's, we're six games in. All these numbers look ugly. You know what I mean? Like, when you average it out, it just doesn't look good. And uh, let's just pump the brakes a little bit and see about this. Yeah, and they're five and two. Like, the, the sky is falling, and, and they're still on pace for like 55 wins. And we have the base. problem is, the problem is, is that when, the problem is when the bad shooting comes at the wrong time, though. That's that's what I fear. Like game seven bad shooting, where it's like, no, not tonight of all nights. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if you shoot bad against the Sacramento Kings. That doesn't bother me. But game seven bad shooting or playoff bad shooting when you need a win on the road, that that sucks. And when it comes, and and you know it's in your DNA. Like I said, it's 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 hurt this team every year. You've seen it. It's like, why not? Why tonight of all nights do you decide to shoot 35%? You know what I'm saying? And everybody keeps feeding it to the one guy that can't shoot. You know, that that's the thing that, that gets me. And the fact that this offense allows you the liberty to shoot as many threes as you want. And we've seen almost every game this year that they can't really hit more than 30 
5% of their threes, and that's just the reality. That's going to change. I'm not worried about that. That doesn't scare me. Um, Good luck. <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm terrified of, uh, you know, a, a 12% shooting performance in game seven. Uh, that I, I do not want to relive that. Um, the Kyrie quotes from this week were uh, pretty interesting, where he was, like, talking about uh, how after his three-point performance the other night, uh, in a win, in a blowout, actually, um, how, uh, you know, he, he, he's judging himself by a new standard. I wonder if that's coming from more within or, or if the coaching staff is really, like, imprinting on him to get all the other guys involved, to hit the paint and, 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 get, and get the ball moving. Um, but anyway, uh, his whole motto is, is be cool. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> Go ahead, John. Something somewhere he'll never reach. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, you could see it in especially the first Pistons game where he was doing his Kyrie-like moves and getting to space and finding the open shooter. That's great to see. That's like the next step for this ball club because Kyrie. I mean, we saw it, uh, in the second Pistons game, um, Kyrie can get a shot whenever if he develops that and really buys in on that aspect of being that facilitator playmaker. That's what this team is missing. Gorder can do it. Uh, as can Horford and Smart. And the passing by Jalen and Jason has actually surprised me a little bit. Um, both have found Horford down low for some easy buckets. Uh, but, I mean, I've definitely, as far as Kyrie quotes go, that's not really an interesting one, Matt. But, um, you know, I, I see what he's saying, and I think we've definitely seen it. What scares you? What frightens you? Um, scary Terry being the first player in NBA history to change his shoes and get less buckets <laughs> than the first half. <laughs> <laughs> Efren, Efren, what scares you? Yeah, I think I'm with Jonathan, but including Smart, Smart and Terry, off to slower start than I would expect. Being the uh, two guys, like like people would have said in the summer, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, insurance for a Ky if Kyrie leaves. Right now, if either one of those were the starter for this team, I don't think they'd have very much success, just the way they've been playing to start the year. The guards off the bench have to be better. I just haven't seen enough. Zaire, what scares you? Okay, <clears throat> Efren. Oh, I already said what scares me. Injuries and, and bad bad shooting. But uh, because you see my guy Daniel Tice just got hurt again and, and you know, Bane's getting hurt. So that, I'm terrified of that. But, but Efren, I, I got to uh, ask you about this because mm -hmm. – to me, to me, the bench has been pretty good. It's been the starters. And uh, so, Morris has been pretty good. <laughs> Morris right. and Baines, because Baines is coming off the bench. Morris, Baines, Tice. You know what I'm saying? Um, Marcus Smart, you know, he hasn't been super great, but he's made some winning plays down the stretch. He's done it. Um, Terry Rozier, he's not doing he's – not, he's not the Terry Rozier we saw in the playoffs because he doesn't have to be. And, and why – should we want him to do what he doesn't need to do? Like he's I'm his sure role. his agent does. <laughs> yeah, his agent does. But and, and and once again, he'll have his moments. I'm sure he will because once again, if Daniel Tice is gonna have his moments, you better believe Terry Rozier is gonna have his moments too. But it's all about playing smart basketball. And that's what I think with Kyrie Irving saying, you know, about being cool. I think it's like once you become a part of a culture that's so dominant and Celtics culture has kind of been like this since Red Arbach. It's like, know your role, know what you can do to help this team win. Even when they were losing in the nineties, when I talked to AC Earl that time, he said they still had that thing where it was like, yo, we're Celtics and we do things this way. We don't drive flashy cars. We don't, you know what I'm saying? It was like this, this, this thing ingrained in them. So 
thinking about that mentality of um, Kyrie Irving just saying, yo, I'm going to be cool, you know, he's he's filling it out. And I think that's something that, you know, yeah, the coaches can talk to you about it, but you got to decide to be a part of that or you can cause a ruckus and end up being out of it. You know what I'm saying? But I think that's what it is. And I think that with Terry Rozier, once again, he, he hasn't played awful. You know, he hasn't been like, oh, my goodness, get him out. Of, don't ever put him in again. It hasn't been like that. He wasn't like, you know, two years ago when he was like D-League Terry Rozier, in my opinion. Like, he's far beyond that. And he's just, he's doing what he's what he's supposed to do. But once again, um, if I got a wing player like a Mook Morris and I got a, a front court player that can put in points like Daniel Tice was doing the other day, like, I'm going to go with those guys and let them do their thing. And those guys, Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart in general, they were the guys causing a ruckus for the other guards. That's what they were really known for. Terry Rozier wasn't known for putting up no points until the playoffs last year or that little stretch when Kyrie got hurt, you know what I'm saying? But they were the guys causing problems, and I want them to be that because that's unique. That's what other teams don't have. That's what's allowing us to hold teams down to 90, 90-something points where everybody else is scoring 115. Well, I hope they I hope they catch some of that fire that you have because they combined for six points tonight. And uh, I don't know, yeah. just a little, little, just, but I need a little more than that. But that's what they did a lot of last year too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they really did. Like last year they did a lot of scoring, seven points, eight points, ten points. And of course you don't expect Marcus to score much. You know what I'm saying? But that's the beauty of it. If if we don't have to rely on them to score where they are traditional under 40% shooters, and we got other guys who can knock those shots down, then let them do what they're really good at. Because Marcus Smart, he's getting paid for the hustle. And Terry Rozier, actually, he's going to be paid for the hustle too. You know what I'm saying? Even though he's going to get his points when he goes somewhere else because he's a better scorer than Marcus Smart. But he's getting paid for the hustle too. All right. Well, <laughs> we certainly covered a, a lot of ground here on the, this uh, inaugural episode of the ATO show. Um that was uh, Zaire, Efren, and Jonathan. I hope next week we'll have uh, the. I've been trying to get everybody on it. I hope we'll have uh, Jonathan Levy and, and Evan Valenti um, on next week's show. Uh, just a reminder: we're we're starting off with once a week. Next one's going to be dropping Wednesday. We'll probably have a, a guest given their expert analysis uh, on this Celtics team, but we'll also probably jump a little bit around uh, the NBA as well. So uh, if you like this show, and you should. Uh, subscribe to it. Uh, it's the ATO show. I think uh, we, we should be available on iTunes either now or, or very soon. Uh, anything I'm missing, Efren? Did I hit everything? No, I think that's it. Just uh, subscribe to the new feed. Yeah, so YouTube channel's coming soon. We'll, we'll figure out what we're doing with that. Uh, yeah, tell these people to, to subscribe, man, because these jackets cost a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I need you guys to subscribe so I can keep getting some cool jackets so you guys can see what I have to wear. See, when we set up our, our Patreon account, you know, it's, it's, we're just going to unlock new jackets from, from Zaire. Hey, that, is, that is a really cool jacket. Yeah, the back is even cooler. You know what I'm saying? I got a leprechaun on the back. You know what I'm saying? All that good Let's stuff. Let's see it. All right, hold on, hold on. Do a little twirl. I don't know. You ready? You ready? Funny. You see me? You see me? No? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see him. 1986 championship jacket. Shout out to Bill Walton. <laughs> Man who needs no introduction. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up here, um, f- final thoughts. Anyone, any, anything you guys want to get off on your chest? It doesn't even have to be about basketball. Talk about Halloween at large. What do you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of running into Jay Laranaga on these Boston streets on Mischief Night. 
Um, you know what? I'm a I'm a Cleveland guy, so um, shout out to all the dysfunctional franchises in Cleveland. Uh, you are back to what you normally are and doing what you normally do. I feel so sorry for all my friends and family who cheer for those teams. God bless them. But shout out to my Cleveland State Vikings this year. We're going to take the Horizon League Conference, be in the NCAA tournament, and do some dancing in March, baby. One dance. Singular dance. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, that's it for this episode of the ATO Show. We'll be back next Wednesday. Stay tuned.